Welcome everyone to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast that explains how your local team stacks up against the rest of the NBA. Hey Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Nuck If You Buck. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads podcast network, including Cavalier Central, Grizz and Grind, 305 Culture, Blazing the Path, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, Spanning the Spurs, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, Thunderous Applause, and the Wizards Hoops Analyst. Plus our coaching-focused podcast, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and the Green Light. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, Hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast brought to you by the Hoopheads Podcast Network and hosted by me, Devin Zanskis, as always. Today, I'm coming at you solo again, but we do have a couple pretty huge contests to cover. Um, fortunately, a couple losses, that may be. Um, but also uh, a rebound victory against uh, the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, so yeah, a few games to cover. Um, one postponement also that we'll gloss over. Um, but I would certainly be remiss if I uh, didn't lead off by first discussing the heartbreaking loss of Seku Smith, an 11-year veteran of Turner Sports, um, and a colleague to so many, I would I would guess most, if not all, of the individuals that I uh, follow sports through, all the analysts that I look up to and listen to for multiple hours on a daily basis have have gotten the chance to uh, connect with him uh, throughout his many years of broadcasting and writing and working in basketball altogether. And uh, I was also lucky enough to um, have him share uh, some of his words with uh, Sports Business Classroom this past summer as I participated in a virtual conference there. Of course, the reason why I'm here today, that and uh, Justin Matchman of the Cavalier Central Podcast for getting me hooked up um, with hoop heads, which I've already discussed with the listeners here. Um, but I thought it was only truly fitting for me to uh, tune into the sports business class from audio experience because I remembered a conversation that Seku had had with um, 
also Turner Sports' own and um, someone incredibly involved with Sports Business Classroom that I've gotten to connect with a little bit outside the conference and Bo Estes, two of them. I believe it was, yeah, just back in October now, just after Saiku had gotten out of the NBA bubble, had uh, recapped that with with Bo, and I thought I'd share some of his um, thoughts from that podcast with you guys, but of course you can listen listen to it yourselves um, probably wherever you get your podcasts, at least including Apple Podcasts. But um, a couple points that I thought were particularly interesting on it were, of course, uh, Seku sharing his reaction to uh, some of the players obviously affected not only by the Jacob Blake shooting, but um, probably a subject that we've touched on definitely less than Jacob Blake shooting was the Breonna Taylor verdict that also um, occurred during the NBA bubble. And Seku noted the simmering rage that was coming from all of the players, specifically because they couldn't affect change. And I think that's obviously Seku's testament to how amazing these players are that we have in the league and being able to use their vo- their voices to uh, to make the world a better place through all of the different backgrounds that uh, our NBA players that we uh, have tried to get to know and but also watched a lot throughout the years um, and also Seku himself saying that he was warning a colleague that that he may uh, receive some complaints for responding to some of the ignorant messages that. Of course, these guys with huge platforms have to deal with on a daily basis, um, especially when reacting to sensitive matters like this. And um, shout out to them still for for using their voices uh, for the greater good and not holding back, especially knowing that they'll get um, get those kinds of negative reactions from fans. Um, and a eerily somber note too, I thought um, hearing. Seku just recap kind of um, 2020 as a whole as Bo asked him what he thinks that people will remember from this year but specifically the the, the bubble in general and yeah Seku just talked about how the whole year had just been crazy starting off with the passing of David Stern and uh, also Kobe Bryant which uh, it also will not go unnoted that that as I'm recording this on January 26th, this is the anniversary of Kobe's tragic passing and the helicopter crash. And then, of course, uh, COVID-19. Um, and then, obviously, fresh on the mind at the time, the Lakers uh, championship there in honor of Kobe is something that he'll remember remember a lot. And I, obviously for Seku himself, but others in the business, they'll remember just how long this season was taking literally an entire year to conclude. Um, if you have, if your Twitter looks anything like mine, I'm sure it's filled just with countless testaments to how great of a man uh, Seku was. I was specifically touched by um, tweets from Marcus Thompson said how he really looked up to Seku Smith, who uh, taught him to just be authentic and be himself and and uh, that'll shine shine through in his reporting for the better. That's something that I know I aim towards in what I'm doing here. Um, obviously, the goal is to get to the level of these guys at some point. 
Um, another individual was John Schumann, who who noted how how you couldn't help but feel at ease with Seku, who just always was poised and and prepared for the situation at hand. And uh, yeah, he also allowed those in his company to also um, feel at ease and release whatever tension that they may have. And uh, uh, Paul Flannery, too, uh, recounting uh, in 2014 when he was, it was, uh, must have been the Heat uh, Spurs finals where they had been waiting for a while for the Miami Heat to come out of the locker room and Flannery was clearly... um, sad and upset because he was uh, missing his infant child who was at home and Seku uh, was able to touch him there and uh, again make him feel feel at ease and then Orion McDonough I haven't said yet also um, shared a, a seemingly obvious but I hadn't thought of it or heard it before about how uh, hopefully the NBA is doing something to um, to pay tribute to Seku on this tragic day, um, perhaps with a moment of silence before a game. I've yet to see that. Of course, games are unfolding as uh, as I'm speaking and as I was preparing for this, but um, I at least was able to see on, M- on NBA TV um, a tribute from Matt Weiner about um, just how great of a person Seku was and hearing his voice break a good bit on that broadcast. Uh, cer- certainly w- was tough for me to hear, but I think it all is just speaks to how how great of an individual Seiku was. Um, I'm sure all of you know the name and 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 would recognize would recognize the face. I know um, even before SBC, he was kind of like a like a staple for me growing up. He'd he'd uh, continuously be on Sports Center as a young young man like myself, uh, dreading having to get up off the couch to go to school, just having minding my own business, eating my cinnamon toast to fill the stomach before heading off to school, watching my uh, first bandwagon team in the OKC Thunder with uh, Katie and Harden and Russ. And, and I mean, as, as, long, as long as I can remember from the beginning of my basketball fan, Seiku was always there to, to, uh, to share some spot-on analysis. So, so yeah, rest in peace, Seiku Smith. And... Uh, and yeah, I think the best thing we could do at this point is to honor him by doing what we all know uh, that he loved, and that was obviously talking basketball. And um, so I'll continue on here with touching on a couple of tough losses for the Bucks. the first of which was, uh, of course, against the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> I, I believe uh, just a day or two before I was recording about um, my reactions to the James Harden uh, trade and... Uh, I mean, I, I don't think I came off as particularly uh, low on the James Harden trade at all compared to others who are concerned about there only being one ball to pass around in the defense, despite this team obviously having the potential to be one of the greatest offenses of all time. And while obviously having multiple um, top-tier offensive players in NBA history, and that being uh, Kevin Durant and James Harden and somehow Kyrie being a third option on this team is absolutely mind-boggling but this game here Kyrie was uh was still out um for the Brooklyn Nets he returned uh against the Cleveland Cavaliers as Colin Sexton uh went off against Kyrie in Kyrie's shoes Kyrie's old number on Kyrie's old team um but yeah luckily for the Bucks because it might have looked uh 
not as close as this 23 to 22 loss that we had against the next Nets, but Kyrie had to still ramp up his conditioning uh, before joining the team. So he couldn't face the Bucks. Um, but um, the Nets starters for this game included uh, uh, James Harden, uh, Joe Harris, Kevin Durant, uh, Jeff Green, and DeAndre Jordan. Quite a larger lineup than you would than you would think, considering the concerns with their front court depth now. Um, but the front court depth does not uh, really uh, get much deeper beyond those last three names that I named there. Bucks, of course, had all the usual had the usual suspects starting for them, and the Bucks started a uh, measly four or three from the field, but then went eleven or I said four or three, started four of 13, but then went 11 of 13 following that start, including a 9-0 run. Um, and then let's see, in just uh, in just the first 18 minutes of that game, uh, Giannis was 16, 4, and 5, 6 of 13 from the field with two steals. Uh, and that was just in 18 minutes, and then just in uh, 17 minutes, uh, Chris Middleton had 14 points and uh, six of eight shooting. At halftime, it was still quite a close contest, only a one-point game. Um, and Harden had 11 points himself, but a total of six turnovers. Um, Drew Holiday and, and Dante were doing uh, particularly well against him. I thought, um, um, I mean, yeah, you can't really ask for someone for someone much better than Drew Holiday to to check uh, James Harden and also Dante as, as I guess a second uh, defensive option is also uh, an embarrassment of riches there for uh, perimeter defense that the Bucks are able to offer. Um, at halftime, the Brooklyn Nets, uh, Brooklyn Nets is Kevin Durant, James Harden, Joe Harris, and uh, Jeff Green all had at least uh, 11 points at halftime. Uh, but then early in the third quarter, Drew Holiday was able to uh, showcase uh, two step backs in a row uh, coming out of a Mike Budenholzer timeout. Um, let's see. And then I think, um, I don't remember exactly when I when I wanted to point this out, but I guess I might as well say now something a little controversial of how, um, yeah, remarkable it was that in this third quarter where, um, you know, the Nets had, had, continue, had continued on, but getting close to the end, had a... Uh, had stayed pretty close. Of course, had that one, just a one-point lead at halftime. The Bucks stole lead at one point, and it went back and forth as the as the score remained close. But uh, seeming, I seemingly felt most comfortable with Drew Holiday having the ball in in his hands. Um, not to say that Drew Holiday will uh, will all of a sudden be our number one option or our number one closer in a game, but I think it just kind of more so speaks to his play style and how he can how he is obviously a three-level scorer, as is Chris Middleton, but Drew Holiday uh, provides a little bit more pressure on the basket. So his, his aggression and, and poise and and uh, and pace while bringing the ball up the court, I think just uh, kind of puts, puts me a little more at ease, especially in stressful situations. And uh, perhaps some of it is not not being able to see him struggle along with the Bucks, Bucks all these years. Maybe it's the Drew Blood or wow, I can't believe I almost said Drew Blood. So um, Celtic fans would be would be particularly uh, excited about that. But him replacing Eric Bledsoe might have some bit to do with it. But as everyone knows, I've been a Bledsoe apologist for 
for these past few years that we had him. But yeah, I think just since Chris Middleton, we, we all know he doesn't put as much pressure on the basket as some of us wish he could. And that's probably also because he's one of the one of the best t- tough shot makers in the league. Um, uh, you know, kind of him bring bring a bit bit of a slower pace in in the in the half court, taking more of his time to read defenses uh, to to be able to get the the small separation that he needs. I think kind of may make it look look like to fans that um, that he isn't as up for the moment. And same could go with Giannis, as we all know. Um, I mean, we've all seen it way too much these past couple seasons where where everyone's just built the wall and, and no one is, is much higher than uh, than the free throw line when guarding him at the top of the key. Um, um, so, yeah, seeing him kind of kind of struggle with that. And again, like 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 Chris Middleton and having having to read uh, defenses, um, I think just just their different style style of plays um, kind of made, made me feel more comfortable uh, watching uh, Drew Bledsoe with the ball in his hands, um, but yeah, I, I don't think that should necessarily be be an indictment on Giannis and Chris, despite despite all of what I've said. But I think I think we should just feel comfort in having him now as our definitive uh, third option. And uh, yeah, I think as I as I mentioned, the Bucks and Nets were neck and neck throughout most of the game, and all the way towards the end here closing sequence that um that uh at least i and i think naturally a lot of fans will remember most is the end of this game um chris um Giannis Antetokounmpo had a had a putback dunk before uh joe harris knocked down a three and then uh staying on or well no back on the other end uh chris middleton was able to come off of a, a Giannis pick and then pull up right around the elbow with with plenty of space uh, in front of, uh, in between him and DeAndre Jordan, um, that was uh, nice to see. Before, unfortunately, uh, Kevin Durant knocked down a three, uh, but then Chris was able to strip a defender right, right towards the end of the game. Uh, for Bud was able to call a timeout. Unfortunately, Chris also missed a a, a buzzer beating corner three at that point, but. Uh, Interestingly enough, it's uh, of note that that Giannis was just was just making a V line to the basket right as uh, right as Chris was going up going up for a shot. Obviously, it's pretty tough for for Chris to be able to see that when his eyes are probably on the basket and he doesn't have much more time. Um, but I think that that kind of speaks to some of the concerns that uh, Nets fans may have as far as as far as the defense and just being. Being 100% locked in, even in, even in those important minutes, uh, considering all of the all of the offensive load that those guys will have to carry for the Nets. Um, and also, um, I missed the tweet recapping this, so I do f- feel very confident in saying that that the last two minute reports from the NBA revealed that that um, that the Bucks were deserving of, of at least uh, not 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 a ton more time, but I think at least another second on the clock there, and and. Uh, Though, though that doesn't sound like much with with just three three seconds remaining an, ex, an extra second in my could have maybe been the difference I don't know if I would have put my money on it but it maybe would have been the difference between uh um have, having that missed shot uh 
that miscontested shot from Middleton in the corner or Giannis having that open dunk to force. Yeah, and say nonetheless, uh, particularly uh, devastating defeat for the Bucks. This first one I saw as 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 the game to try to take one home, considering that Kyrie Irving wasn't wasn't going to be here. The team is still particularly new and probably getting used to themselves. Uh, despite Harden putting up that triple-double in his first game with the Nets. Um, but yeah, and of course, as we'll get into, the Los Angeles Lakers themselves are are no slouch and don't have the same adjustments to make like the Nets. So I was hoping to take home at least one of these two wins as a Bucks fan, and uh, I saw that first one as, as the one to go for. Um, I will get into that second particularly important game of the past week since we last spoke but first uh, i'll share a word uh, from our sponsors in thrive fantasy come prop up with uh, thrive fantasy this season thrive fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props they have eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about their top tiered athletes in the respective sport um, so this means you can participate in uh, more than the sport that you're particularly in, uh, into, like myself with the NBA, and bet all year round, like when football season and basketball season don't don't occur at the same time. Um, and if you're like myself and mildly interested in, in the NFL, but at the end of the day, a bit too casual to typically put money on it and have have a little extra bit of fun there. Um, all you need to all you need to know is are about five to ten players. Um, well, as um, the name of the game here is to choose five out of 10 player prop options to build a lineup. Each lineup uh, has a fantasy point total associated with the over-under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points the selection is worth, the riskier it is naturally. You rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool in which uh, Thrive Fantasy has awarded over $2.2 million in prizes since launching in 2018. Uh, in addition to the fifteen, the fifty five zero thousand dollars of prizes in NFL Week 15 alone and thousands more uh, since the NBA returning recently. In order to take advantage of this, you may use promo code Giannis, that's G-I-A-N-N-I-S, when you sign up today and you'll receive an instant deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit of or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store, or you may visit their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. All right, and getting back to the hoops here, um, as I've mentioned, the... Uh, Bucks did not um, have the most luck this past week. They didn't find pot of gold at the end of the rainbow <laughs> um, after winning uh, seven of eight games before uh, these two losses. Uh, the Bucks lost um, 106 to 113. So at least Bucks fans can uh, can um, get a couple couple extra winks of sleep knowing that. Um, they were narrow defeats to these upper echelon squads, and the second of of those losses came against the reigning NBA champion Los Angeles Lakers. Lakers starters were Dennis Schroeder, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, King James, Anthony Davis, and Marc Gasol. 
usual suspects were starting for the Bucks. Um, a couple facts going into this game, particularly on the Lakers front, um, were a, um, included LeBron James averaging a career low 32 minutes per game, and the uh, Los Angeles Lakers being 7-0 on the road. Entering this game, the Bucks had the best offensive rating, and the Lakers had the best defensive rating. The same was true, uh, ironically, last week when we played the Cleveland Cavaliers, but the Lakers have since um, have since uh, taken over the Cleveland Cavaliers in that respect. Um, thankfully, again, I'll mention that uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers and Colin Sexton were able to uh, were redeem uh, us, the uh, fellow uh, Central Division squad there. Uh, and then uh, shout out Justin Matcham of the Cavalier Central podcast at that point. Um, but then again here, as I touched upon my comfort with Drew Holiday, um, um, carrying uh, the weight he always does on both ends of the court, um, he was checking LeBron James, and naturally that was quite a difficult matchup for him, as it would be for anybody. But um, as I mentioned, Drew being an ideal candidate to guard uh, James Harden. I don't think you would quite say that Drew Holiday would be the ideal guy to check LeBron, considering LeBron James, we all know, is built like friggin' Carl Malone, and Drew Holiday, after all, is is definitively a point guard or shooting guard. So despite him um, looking like the Hulk at times getting to the basket himself, uh, he, there's quite a size disparity between him and LeBron. Um but uh, particularly fun um, uh, defensive possession here was uh, Th- Thanasis getting into this game um, in which he was guarding Anthony Davis, which uh, proved to be problematic at other points. But he had a he had a, he had a pretty flashy swat on Anthony Davis as he jumped out of the gym and then uh, went coast to coast with uh, with a reverse layup in transition. So that was. Uh, I was uh, particularly fond of seeing that from from Thanasis, despite some of my concerns of of the uh, the excess playing time that he's got. Um, later on, uh, the the other Antetokounmpo, uh, Thanasis's younger brother Giannis, um, was assessed for a flagrant foul with the elbow on uh, Montrez Harrell. It was just a flagrant one, as flagrant ones are. Less about intent as a flagrant two would be, but a lot of it does uh, have to do with excessive contact of the head, which, uh, you know, although Giannis, Giannis was more so trying to create space for himself and make those long strides so he can get uh, as close to the basket as possible, uh, Harrell was clearly sh- shaken up on the play, and it was due to contact of the head. So I uh, can't get too bent out of shape about that flagrant, flagrant one assessment on Giannis. Uh, about halfway through the second quarter, there was a three free throw uh, discrepancy of um, the Bucks being uh, 0 of 1 and the Lakers being 9 of 8. So that wasn't that wasn't uh, a great sign. And then uh, something else that was not particularly encouraging was Giannis having the most turnovers and a half in his career, and that's seven turnovers. Let's uh, not forget, however, that offensive fouls do count towards uh towards turnovers so at least at least two i have noted of those seven were offensive fouls and i believe he ended this game with nine total um but uh yeah be that as it may uh some other uh interesting 
stats from the broadcast at this point were that uh, entering the game, the Bucks were uh, third in three-point uh, shooting, whereas the Lakers were fifth. And then uh, by the start of the fourth quarter here, we uh, saw a lineup of uh, Drew, Bryn, Pat, Giannis, and Brooke. And then the Lakers were... Um, Rolling out uh, LeBron, I suppose, nominally as a point guard with Caruso, Kuzma, Marquise Morris, and Montrez Harrell um, next to him. So yeah, both teams with with a good bit of size on their end. Of course, the Lakers more more often than not will have will have a will have the size advantage, but Bucks weren't giving up a ton in that regard themselves. Hard combat with LeBron nominally at the point guard, but. Um, but yeah, this this like the Nets game was a um, it's pretty pretty close contest throughout uh, all four quarters. As we get uh, deeper into the fourth quarter here, the um, the uh, Lakers were able to uh, successfully challenge uh, a block call on Harris and turn that into a charge for Giannis. Of course, adding to his turnover total, um, and uh, Giannis only only attempted but um luckily made his second free throw attempt of the game and that was that was with only three and a half minutes left in the contest and then again like the nets game what what i'll remember most are uh the last handful of possessions here um there were two laker possessions in a row in which uh brooke got switched on to lebron and then uh drew got switched on to anthony davis that kind of shows the struggle of of having Drew Holiday check check the best offensive player, um, as long as as for the most part, as long as they're one through three, uh, nominally, uh, especially when when uh, when they have another skilled guy in the front court there, who will uh, former t- teammate there of Drew Holiday's and Anthony Davis can still give him the business, but um, but yeah, those those two Laker possessions in a row ended in uh, Anthony Davis getting the ball against Drew Holiday. And then Anthony Davis kicked it out to Alex Caruso for the corner three. And then on the next time around, uh, one of the uh, broadcasters noticed that that Giannis, or not Giannis, uh, Freudian slipped there. LeBron um, kind of kind of drew drew a drew an O or a circle in the air, kind of signaling to run it back, which the broadcast mentioned, which proved true, of course, with those uh, two possessions in a row with switches. This time, uh, LeBron would would pull up for the, the deep, maybe even f- uh, fadeaway three in, in Brooke Lopez's face, in which he would also turn around early like he did uh, before. He, he didn't turn around all the way and look look at the bench quite the same way he did the week before, but but before the ball even went in, he he was face, facing the other direction with just his head turn and uh, three fingers up for a three in which uh, he was right, and that pretty much sealed the game for the Lakers as uh, shortly after Giannis would foul out and Pat Connaughton would come in for him. That would make the Lakers uh, 8-0 on the road, then 10-4 on the season. And I already mentioned this is the second, second Bucks loss in a row after going 7-8. of eight. And... Uh, Definitely a, a discrepancy in three three pointers, also a big thing in this contest. Although, although I'm definitely not going to boil this one down to uh, it being a make or miss league, considering that that in both games I'd say the opposition looked to have uh, have more control 
than us. Um, so yeah, three point discrepancy. Uh, the Lakers ended up with 19 to the Bucks nine. Um, a lot of that came from Contavious Caldwell Pope, but naturally uh, LeBron James as well, uh, shooting uh, six of ten on the night. And I think what hurt us here as well was was a lack of bench scoring uh, for the Bucks. I definitely saw that saw that on Bucks Twitter during the game. But to close it out. Giannis or not Giannis? Chris had a had a comment that uh, the Athletics Eric name shared basically just uh, sharing uh, what we all know in that big games uh, don't matter uh, quite as much anymore in the regular season uh, considering uh, considering uh, where we all know the Bucks need to prove themselves and that's in the playoffs. Um, the uh, Washington Wizards uh, were scheduled to face the Bucks on Friday, but of course that was postponed due to health and safety protocols. Um, <laughs> I think... Um, I wasn't, I don't know exactly how closely I was tracking this, but I think the Wizards went, if they're not still going, I'm not sure. Um, but, um, they had, they'd gone at least 13 days, I think, without playing a basketball game. I'd also heard from, uh, the, uh, No Dunks podcast, a fan favorite of Nuck If You Buck, that, um... That they that they might have actually had eight players available uh, for once recently, but they decided to uh, postpone that game as well due to the Wizards needing to ramp up their conditioning there. But uh, if these games are truly postponed, with the theory that that they will be played at some point, No Dunks also pointed out that the Wizards would have to play basically. Uh, two games and three nights for the remainder of the season. So I don't see that happening either. So it would be surprising if all of their games did end up played at this point. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe we shouldn't speak too soon, um, especially to jump on uh, the Wizards there, considering that we don't know what the, the fate of this NBA season is yet. Um, maybe that's just me being, being overly cautious considering the past year we've had. But uh, nevertheless... Um, the Bucks were able to rebound from their back-to-back losses and defeat the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, Giannis uh, entered this game um, tied with uh, Fox Sports Wisconsin's own uh, Marcus Johnson for sixth in Bucks scoring. He also entered the game one of two, uh, one of two players in the NBA, averaging 25, 10, and five. I did not. I, uh, I forgot to check in on who that. Who that other player would be? My first guess would be, um, would be a Nikola Jokic because he's having having a an MVP quality season himself. That's for sure. Um, or also uh, could be a couple couple of the guys that uh, that I've already mentioned so far that are that are uh, on the dome right now, of course, and uh, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, LeBron James. But uh, maybe I'll check that out off the podcast. Um, the the Atlanta Hawks too. Um, they made some some of the most moves this past offseason. Of course, they they were the ones. Unlike the Bucks, to end up with Bogdan Bogdanovich, but um, the Atlanta Hawks are now top ten in defensive rating and opponent field goal percentages uh, after being uh, bottom ten in both of those categories last season. Uh, the Hawks started uh, Rajon Rondo, uh, Kevin Huerta, just Kevin Herter. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. Uh, 
DeAndre Hunter, John Collins, and Onyeka Okongwu. Uh, Trey Young, as you'll notice, was out, and that was for back spasms. And luckily, the Bucks had all their usual suspects still starting for this one. And uh, and yeah, they were certainly lucky lucky that Trey Young uh, wasn't out there uh, in the starting lineup. Around uh, about halfway through the first quarter, uh, DJ Augustine was the was the first bench player uh, to join the starters. And then a couple minutes later, we would actually see the return of Tory Craig and the arrival of Mass Tory Craig that JJ and I had had discussed uh, the last time we connected on the podcast. Uh, Bobby Portis also uh, joined Tory Craig and coming in for Giannis and Brooke Lopez at that point. Um, we also saw um, close out that quarter uh, Chris Middleton in the bench. And then uh, that would turn into just Dante in the bench to close out the first quarter. A lot of the similar rotations that we would the staggering of starters. Yeah, and then in uh, typing out some of these notes, I just wanted to uh, kind of note to some listeners, if you're if you're a little late to the game, you know, might be wondering why I'm so excited about Torrey Craig, despite the fact that he's wearing a mask, which objectively makes all NBA players like 10 times cooler in the moment. Um, I, I, would, I would implore uh, people to check out uh i believe it was the first preseason it was well i want to say the first preseason game but it was one of the two preseason games where uh tory craig was checking uh luke Doncic, and um although i think i think luke was able to score on this play um it was uh as it, it was definitely some of some of the best uh one-on-one defense i've seen people seen someone play on luka Doncic, and that was from tory craig and I think Tory would have helped out a lot in those previous two contests um, um, against uh, James Harden, and then, and then especially being able to provide a little extra uh, height against LeBron James, and you know at, at least carry uh, take some of the defensive weight off of Drew Holiday's shoulders and let him go to work more on the offensive end. Uh, I'll keep it moving here in with uh, this Atlanta Hawks contest, though. Um, in which in let's see here so, somewhere on the on the broadcast uh they had mentioned the bucks turnovers be, being an issue this season obviously this is coming off the nine turnover game uh from uh from Giannis against the lakers before so i i thought i would go go to nba.com and check where the bucks lie on the in the well i guess just just in the rankings for uh turnovers per games turnovers per game and uh the Bucks still remain at at uh, at about 14, so middle of the pack in turnovers with 14.4 turnovers per game, and that that seemed like quite a high number to me. Maybe uh, turnovers are up are up this year, um, you know, with uh, a little bit more layoff, guys having a little less time to prepare or having too much time to prepare. In the case of guys like Bobby Portis uh, coming from the Knicks, but yeah, Bobby Portis had an amazing uh, game against the Hawks here uh, to contrast the lack of uh, bench production uh, at all against the uh, against some of our uh, our other tougher tougher opponents. Uh, at halftime, Bobby had already had 13 points, six of eight shooting, and he was able to finish the game with uh, 21 points and assists, six rebounds, nine of 16 shooting in 26 minutes, and that was uh, Bobby's production at halftime. But then Giannis. Um, of course, uh, at this point, was able to pass Marcus Johnson in uh, being uh, the sole 
holder of the uh, sixth spot for Bucks scoring, but also with his 20th point late in the third quarter at the free throw line, he eclipsed uh, 11,000 Bucks points. Of course, only done by six Bucks players in Bucks history. But uh, that third quarter was not all uh, not. It's not all smiles for the Milwaukee Bucks as the Atlanta Hawks put up 36 points uh, alone in the third quarter and kept it a little close for comfort there. Uh, although uh, to help the Bucks, uh, Bryn Forbes was able to uh, earn himself uh, some flagrant foul free free throws after being uh, undercut at the three at three point line. Uh, a uh, Bucks challenge was also successful that was originally assessed as a charge. Um, Brooke Lopez, but it was then called a block on John Collins. Um, yeah, Brooke was was clearly trying to euro step out of the way uh, to the left of of uh, depending on the way you look at it. Uh, Brooke, Brooke was trying to euro to the left, but then uh, but then John Collins facing him was was uh, moving and shuffling to the right to get into Brooke's path. So. Uh, the basket there was able to count for the Bucks, so good job on Bud using his challenge properly there. And then, yeah, so luckily uh, the Bucks were able to bounce back from those two losses with a 129 to 115 victory over the Hawks, uh, despite um, a uh, some uh, encouraging performances from DeAndre Hunter and John Collins, uh, a couple pieces of the Hawks' young core. DeAndre Hunter had 33 points, four assists, four rebounds, uh, 13 and 21 shooting from the field and 41 minutes per game. John Collins himself with 30 points, three assists, seven rebounds, 12 of 19 from the field, six of nine from three-point line, and that was in 37 minutes. Giannis, no slouch himself, 27 points, eight assists, 14 rebounds, nine of 13 shooting in uh, 36 minutes. Uh, But that's... uh, that's pretty much what we've come to expect from Giannis. So yeah, um, that covers the last few games since I last spoke with you guys. Um, you may notice that this podcast will be coming out a couple days later than, than you normally would see it at the beginning of the week. But um, but yeah, I had just been uh, been burning the candle at both ends, unfortunately, which I try not to do. But I know I'm I know I'm. I'm doing my best when I'm keeping myself um, busy. So, an attempt to not be uh, be as worked up about the small things, like like uh, like uh, have, having a, a couple more obstacles with my day job, with some unforeseen for, unforeseen circumstances, uh, having a little bit extra work with with the writing gig that I do, uh, with with an exciting opportunity that I hope to share with you guys in the future, and then of course uh, keeping this podcast in mind. Uh, keeping up with the Bucks games, uh, you know, it's, it's busy. It's a busy time right now, but, but, uh, especially in, uh, with the loss of Seku Smith, um, you know, it kind of, kind of helps put things under, into perspective that, uh, that, you know, despite how busy you may be and it may lead you to be more focused on some of the less important things in life, it's important also to take a step back and appreciate, the things, the things that you do have, that's something that, that I'm doing, that I'm doing, uh, for myself in 2021, uh, as we, uh, as, uh, some of us are still used to, uh, 
you getting used to changing the dates as as we're writing it down with work and school every day. I'm sure with uh, some of my listeners may, maybe going back to school this week, but yeah, at the end at the end of the day, I'm just trying to be thankful for all that I have, and I hope and I hope all all of you are doing the same. Um, especially cons- considering these rough times. Um, but yeah, um, if you want to uh, hear hear more from me, you can always uh, check me out on social. Um, uh, any interaction that I get from you guys is, is greatly appreciated. Uh, always, uh, always great to, great to know that, that I'm being heard, but, uh, also I don't, I don't mind feel, feeling like I'm, uh, feeling like I'm speaking to the ethers out here. Uh, my own little, uh, therapy session here on Nuck If You Buck, but you can check me out on Twitter and Instagram at Nuck If You Buck MBA. U is just the letter U or email me if, if that's, if that's your choice at, uh, Nuck if you buck the pod at gmail.com. You there is Y-O-U. And uh and uh a few less less important games coming up here, but definitely fun considering uh considering the young teams we'll be facing and the and the uh up and coming uh, opponents that we'll have. And uh I'll be recapping that next week for you, hopefully a little earlier than this week. And uh with that, I'll uh see you in another life, brother. Thank you for tuning in to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast. We hope you join us again soon. See you in another life, brother.